Montana will inbound. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's the shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! At the buzzer, and the Nets win. 120 to 118. I think we see Willis coming out. Over to Kidd. Baseline drive. Kidd throws it up. Oh! How did he do it? Randall on the drive. Stripped by Butler. Randall gets it back. Randall puts up a three. Bang! Bang! Randall knocks down the three with seven tenths of a second remaining. With full court press coverage on all of the signings, trades, big games, and everything Knicks, Nets, and across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Welcome in, everyone, to the latest episode of Pick and Pod, WFUV Sports' basketball podcast, and we are here in the midst of the NBA playoffs. Every single series, all of them, there's four, all four, are at 3-2 right now. So yes, there is a team in the lead, there is a team that's behind, but the moral of the story is we're seeing a lot of game sixes. And, you know, in the conference finals, you expect series to go to six, maybe even seven. This is the second round. The parity in the league is on full display. I'm having a great time watching these playoffs. And I'm here alongside Tyler Hu and Thomas Aiello, ready to break things down, talk about all the latest action in the NBA, how are we doing? Doing great. I'm doing phenomenal, first of all. Weather's beautiful outside. Glad to be here with you, too. Um, even in better mood just because the Knicks won last night. And um, don't get packed on our home floor. But I'm feeling amazing. I feel um, Everything's good. All the series have been fun. Knicks and the Warriors keep it alive for to see another day. Lakers fans hate a random Corgi who predicted uh, the series <laughs> on TikTok. And um, basketball's fun again. Uh, I'm enjoying myself. Um this is, as, as you mentioned, the most even play, probably the most even playoffs of all time. Every single seed is represented in the uh, semifinals, one through eight. So there's never been anything like it, and I love it. Is Are you talking about the corgi that hits the balls with its nose yep, into the yep. trash can? Okay, yeah. I and, don't have the, tic- yeah. and the Lakers blow through one lead, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't have TikTok, but I know what you're talking about. The dog about. predicted yeah. the Lakers to blow a 3-1 lead, but the dog also predicted the Cleveland Cavaliers to make it out of the first round. So In five. They just had it flipped around. You should everything. have the dog just cast spells over the NBA So dogs versus be funny. Lebr- dog versus playoff LeBron James. Who are we really trusting can't, here? I want the corgi. <laughs> I want the corgi. Yeah, d- laser beam pointed at earth give me the corgi but um, <laughs> okay <Max listen>. Kellerman. <laughs> we're having too much fun already uh, we are gonna get because well, i'm here uh, i'm back talk. look listen. look at this guy i'm yeah. so back he's back i'm so back well welcome edition thank you <laughs> back like Dwayne wade on the Cavs. all right anyway <laughs> yeah not great listen up the new york knicks and the miami Heat are playing what i would say is a classic a classic series why yeah. would i describe it as such each team has a ground and pound philosophy mm-hmm. each team got to where it did at the end of the season as a result of being who they are, they lean into their identity. The Heat, not a high playoff seed because they lean into their identity of cooling things, kind of floating in place until the playoffs. Now they're in full gear. Kyle Lowry, big contributor for them, someone who everyone was calling washed and a horrible contract during the regular season. So this is proof to save your evaluations until the money's on the line. 
until you're in the playoffs. Obviously, you don't get to evaluate everyone. And we'll talk about that. Guys making all NBA first team, not even in the playoffs, but even though I supported it. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> so we, we, we got to talk about that. But we have to start in South Beach and on 33rd and 7th because the series between the Heat and the Knicks has been gross basketball in like fun. the best it, way 90s possible. 90s basketball in the best it's way so fun making. to watch it is i love watching the physical like these are the this is the battle of the two toughest teams in the nba mm-hmm. you can't tell me otherwise right you can talk about lebron james led teams which i will tend to disagree with you could be soft most times here we go maybe golden state i mean they're tough but it's not a tom thibodeau eric spolstra hard-nosed gritty sort of basketball series and that's what i think this has really become because both teams literally will win the games with the rebounding battles. Now, last night, the Knicks did win the rebounding battle 50-36, to 36, but in that first quarter, and Tyler, you will remember this, the Knicks couldn't grab a freaking rebound. I mean, it was horrendous how terrible they were at rebounding the basketball. There was, I counted, at least four opportunities where the Knicks gave up at least one offensive rebound on a possession, and I believe it was in a string, about three or four possessions in a row, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're not going to win this game because they're not rebounding the ball. Because it's not even – that doesn't even take skill. It's just who wants it more. And Julius Randle with the comment after game five, like, oh, they wanted it, it was game four. Or yeah. game four, excuse yeah. me. I was fine with that comment. Yeah, but it I made, think it made, I sense. Think if it it made sense. But, like, don't yeah. admit it to the media. It was overblown. Know? If you listen yeah. to the whole presser of his in context, it made a lot of sense. I yeah. thought the issue – It did. The quote that had an issue was – when he kept saying, you know, we need to be better, we need to hustle more, and a lot of the times it was him. him yeah. Yeah, it was him being, letting Kevin yeah. Love Brunson after him, game yeah. one, Brunson was really bad, game one against Miami. Yeah, he came out yeah. and he said, I was awful, I played a brutal game, this and that. Mm-hmm. But Randall, you know, he kept it mm-hmm. as a team. When he's playing really well, he credits his teammates. But when yeah. he specifically is playing really poorly, he also plays his credits his teammate. You yeah. know, he sprinkles in a little, right? So, yeah. <laughs> like, this game particularly, he was really good. 7 of 13, 4 of 7 from 3, or from three, 24 yeah. points. He was very good. I don't think the box seven, score tells five. the whole story, though, Thomas. No, it and doesn't. here's why. That first quarter from him, he started 1 for 7. He now, didn't miss a shot out. He, 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 he yeah. made every shot he took after that through, like, the third quarter. 6 <laughs> of 10 from the free throw He line. went yeah. from 1 of 7 to 6 of 12. Right. That's good. That's 7 of 13, actually. 7 of 13. Even more, right? So, so here's the here's the thing though he the reason I say six of twelve is because six of twelve was late in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I think he took and made right. one shot in you're the right, entire fourth me, quarter. Right, so yeah. when you look at the yeah. second and third quarters, he was all NBA third team. He was all NBA second team. Yeah, for real. Julius Randle, and he, he made, made all the, NBA. He was, he made, he he was, was third team, but he was he was, yeah. he was all NBA second team. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle, and when the first quarter and the fourth quarter were on. He was such a negative on the court that Toppin was better than him for the team. So I yeah. do think Randall played a good game overall. The Randall Demption in quarters <laughs> in quarters <laughs> two and kids three play on words yeah. uh, Unbelievable. In, from the first quarter, but he went right back to his his, his ways yeah. in the fourth quarter. You look at someone like Brunson who had a really even keeled performance. And I think it, too, it shows yeah. in the statue. You Barrett look at someone really like Barrett too, yeah. who had an even keeled yeah. performance. I think it shows the box score doesn't always tell the story. If you mm-hmm. sorted Randall's box score by quarter, that might tell yeah, more of the story. Right, yeah. But I think the whole one doesn't tell the story. And to move into the series, I think it's a credit to Miami that things like this are happening. Mm-hmm. That Randall's on, he's off. That heart's shooting a lot. They want all these things, yeah, right? And, and when you look at the Knicks on paper coming into this series against the Heat on paper, you got to cross out Viola Depot. You got to cross out T Hero, mm-hmm. right? On paper, the Knicks are the more talented roster. Right. But the Knicks went to Miami, even at the Garden, 
It was like they were playing away. Yeah. And they played Miami's game. Yeah. New York, their whole thing. You know the Thibodeau teams, they, they're tough. They're tough. They grind, they're grind out games. Right? Yeah. But they're yeah. slimy. The, the thing with the, yeah. the issue that they had was going, even in the garden, going to the range with Miami. Yeah. Getting mm-hmm. shots off, taking a lot of threes, and playing at the pace that Miami was dictating. Right. That's a direct issue for the Knicks because, as we said to open this segment, their strength is in their ground and pound yeah. Yeah. style of play. And their second strength to me, their biggest strength, is their depth. Absolutely. But when you saw the Miami series, Josh Hart, 42 minutes, game one. Quentin Grimes, 10 minutes, 32 seconds of game time in game yeah. one. The Mitchell Robinson. completely this game. Dominated first round against Cleveland. Going into the second round against Miami. I said, no, this is a Hartenstein series. Mm-hmm. It took the Knicks until right. game three to figure that out. I said going into game one against Miami, this is a Grimes series, not a Hart series. It took the Knicks until yep. game four to figure yeah, that out. Yeah, that's not. That and then in good. game yeah. five. Grimes plays 48 minutes and the play. whole game. And he, and he has the key, biggest the, play yep. of the game with two minutes to go. Massive, and guess what? Massive steal with the, the sprained the ankle knees. I don't yeah. He got hurt and made the biggest play of the game. I right. And the whole time, all 48 minutes, Jalen Brunson was with him because he Absolutely. also played 48 minutes. It's taking everything from these Knicks to combat the strategic plays mm-hmm. from Miami. And I just think that's why I would have Miami closing out this series despite the fact that I think the Knicks are the better team. They're already playing from ahead. They were up 3-1. Now, New York is playing their game. So yes. they, they took a game now, mm-hmm. and they made it a series when a lot of people thought Miami would just end things in five. Right. But when you take a look at the fact that New York has to now win two more games, and they don't have a game of they don't have any margin of error, I think you see Miami close the series out because you got a bad game from Jimmy Butler last right. game. He had his bad game. Mm-hmm. Now he's due. Yeah. I think he might come out, have an offensive explosion, and that could be it for New York. It might just be that simple. Now, if New York sticks to their game plan, can they force a Game 7 at home? Maybe it's sure. possible. It but in Game possible, 7, yeah. with yeah. Brunson and Grimes playing 48 minutes each in Game 5, yeah. do you trust the Knicks to last? I don't. And so despite the fact that, yes, I think they're better on paper coming into the series, I think today they're the better team on paper, Right. Miami has outclassed them from a strategy perspective. From day one. Well, it's also Eric Spolstra is objectively, in my opinion, the best coach in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he's, I think, I think he's, he's taking, top ten all time. I also yeah, think yeah, Taylor Jenkins sure. would have figured this out against the Knicks. He's taking I also this, think this, Quinn Snyder would have figured yeah, this out against the, the Knicks. Yes, yeah, this motley crew of Scott Miami Brooks. Heat. Scott Brooks could have figured this okay, out. He's, he's an assistant head coach right, right, for getting Blazers, interviewed yeah. for the Milwaukee mm-hmm. job. Like this is not hard. The Knicks can't shoot. They are a paint packing team. And they're in the first half. In the first half of Game One, they scored forty one points in the paint. Miami switched the game plan new york didn't and miami won the game it's that simple when it doesn't matter how good the other coach is if you are so predictable that everyone knows how to switch their game plan against you whether it took them until game two game three it took them until the second half of game one because bolster is so good start packing the paint then things change and so say the knicks stole you know stole that game one on their own home court (laughs) right and then came out and won game two they're up 2-0. Very different series. Going back to Miami. Yeah. Miami wins both. All of a sudden, you're back at 2-2, and you've got Miami in the tactical advantage. I just think that regardless of what the other coach was doing, it it doesn't take a great coach to, to outcoach this Knicks team right now, despite the fact that I thought they were well-coached by Thibodeau all season. Well, let me, let me point this out as well, again, with Eric Spolstra. Some of the names that he has on, to work with, like Duncan Robinson, who's really just a set shooter, Max Struess. Set shooter movement. I mean, get, they're both movement shooters, and they can the move. Thing. Yeah, but again, like, they don't have any off-ball abilities really. Like Duncan Robinson's not a lockdown defender or anything oh, yeah, like that. Course. And Gabe Vincent's a, a shooter. And then you have guys like Haywood Highsmith. Who the hell is Haywood 
Highsmith. Just another Miami Heat like, pickup in the middle of the season. Yeah, undrafted. you just find yeah. these guys Classic. off the street, and all of a sudden there are these godly role players around Jimmy Butler, who is Michael Jordan in the playoffs every single year, yeah. which is incredibly tough to stop. But the other thing that drives me insane watching this Knicks Heat series is some of the officiating last night was – I mean, for both teams, for it whole series, it's been rough. It's been really, yeah. really bad. I mean, I know that these teams are very physical, but don't call people for poking someone as a flagrant one. I mean, that's just—it's a very excessive example, but it's just you can keep the whistles in the pockets for a little bit. Let them let them play because the physicality is what makes these teams so good. And the flagrant foul the other, last night, where the one Josh, on Josh Hart, Hart? Yeah. yeah, where where Josh Hart jumped into Jimmy Butler's airspace, I thought was. A little horrible because Jimmy kind of flopped out. He kicked. He kicked. He kicked out. He kicked out his leg. Hundred percent. I'm gonna. This is a real throwback Knicks reference. You remember when Jason Kidd was on the Knicks? Yeah. And he used to kick his leg out after every three to draw the foul. Of course. That's what that reminded me. Veteran move. It's a smart move. It's a smart move. Don't get me wrong. Knowing the rules, but for that to be a flagrant one, you know, I question a little bit. You know, the integrity of the officiating in this series. Could some of the calls maybe have gone the Knicks right. way? Yes, you can say the same for Miami, but I just personally would like to see the whistles go in the back pocket for this game six coming up because I, I think that would make a really, really good game. I do think that the whistles have been questionable for all five games so yeah. far for both sides. Obviously, game one, Tony Brothers, game two, Scott Foster, so Heat fans will complain about the game two. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, they, the lack of calling Bam Adebayo out for moving screens, Cody Zeller out for moving screens, Kyle Lowry for uh, questionable acts, there's that, but... I'm more so worried about the Knicks' coverage, pretty much, the defense. Kevin Love shot over 7 from 3. Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry shot 2 of 8 from 3. Knicks you don't Kevin you, Love challenge, level impossible. You, you don't, you don't, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You expect those guys to hit at least one 3, and it's a much closer game. I think I remember seeing um, DJ Zulo, one of uh, Chris's coworkers from KFS, tweet this out earlier today about uh, how Kevin Love was 0 of 6, 0 of 7 from 3. Kevin Love was pretty open on a lot of those threes. Pretty yeah, much all of those threes. Letting him shoot. You expect him to make those shots. He's a good enough shooter to make you pay. Mm-hmm. You have to step up and respect the three. I think that I agree with Chris. I think Tom Thibodeau's done a really good job this season. I think he's he's really reformed himself. Surprisingly, this team has the fourth best offense in the NBA in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I mean, credit to Tibbs for adjusting a little bit. I also fully agreed with Chris about uh, the heart. This being a Hartenstein series and a Grimes series. Josh Hart has done a phenomenal job this season. There's no doubt about it. He's been an amazing addition at the trade deadline. I would love for the Knicks to extend him. But he's a non-spacer. He's not a floor spacer. And he can't shoot he, very well. He yeah. can't shoot, and he's a little – if you watch him play, he's a little indecisive. When he, he when he goes up for a layup, he, you, you'll see him go up. I saw it a couple times last game where or in the past couple games where he'll go up, and then in the midair he'll decide to pass it, and the bigs aren't ready or the kick-out shooter isn't ready, and it results in a turnover or deflected ball. I thought Villanova just, players were smarter than that. They, they <laughs> usually play off two feet. I think Josh Hart's got a little too excited, and I think that that's a problem. I think that this – Josh is a great player. He's just not a right fit for this series. I think Grimes, even with his shooting struggles throughout this whole playoffs – the team, the team that faces him respects him as a shooter. The mm-hmm. Heat respect him as a floor spacer. The Knicks purposely run pin-in, pin-down screens for Grimes to get open for shots, and Grimes is a quick catch-and-release guy and can shoot. And he can move a little off the dribble, even when he can't make layups. We've seen it in the last couple of games. Rough. But 
He also did a phenomenal job on Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. You look at Jimmy Butler's box he, score. He had 19 points on 5 of 12. That's like a that's a pretty decent 11. job. That, that's too. that's Not like bad. that's a solid box score for most players, but that is a really good job by Quentin Grimes, by RJ Barrett. It's a combo effort of the two. It's a everybody buying into the effort. Yeah. I also wanted to drag it back to Julius Randle cuz um we obviously saw first quarter hor- he was, horrific. Yeah, was bad, yeah. Um, got fourth, poked in the eye too. Yeah, he did get poked in yeah. the eye. Fourth quarter, you know, wasn't great. Second, third quarter, he was very good because he, why? He was decisive in attacking the rim. Mm-hmm. And what I think about Julius Randle is I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, he must stay. He's a great player. People are hating on him too much. Or, oh, he must leave. He The Knicks have to trade him. They he's can in make like it, that purgatory. He's right? in that purgatory, yeah. and I'm going to explain why. Julius, if you look at Julius, he is a very good basketball player, objectively. He can score at all three levels. He's strong. He's a bully. He's an ox. <laughs> and he can attack the rim with the best of them. But what is his downfall is it's not even his some of it is his basketball IQ. His he psyche does, can he, be messed up. It's some of it's his psyche, his IQ. Mm-hmm. But what really annoys me sometimes is his decision making. And the reason why it's not because he makes wrong decisions, it's because he makes them too slow. He slows the game down to go ISO, to, you know, do his thing. And this doesn't work against this team, this Heat team, where you have elite defenders. Bam Adebayo, one of the top five to ten defenders in the league. Jimmy Butler, elite defender. I think he made all defensive uh, second team. And he was an all-NBA player. Those are two elite defenders who are both strong. Strong, def- like, they have strong cores that can hold up with Julius's core strength, his general strength. You can't let that happen. What happened in the second and third quarter, what flipped the switch, is he was attacking, but he wasn't attacking with his head down and being like, okay, I need to take the shot. He trusted his teammates. He was letting the ball move, swinging it out to the corner for Grimes, hitting Brunson on passes, hitting R.J. Barrett on passes. And that helps because that just helps make the defense move more makes Joyce's job easier because you know he well, Tyler, have, they let, don't have to key in on him l- and l- yeah let me ask and you this. also hold, yeah also what happened is the Knicks also hit shots which is the most important thing 38 yeah. percent from three 49.3 percent from the field the free throws do have to improve but just hitting shots and opening the floor up does really give me a lot of optimism let Go me ahead. let me ask you this so you talk about Julius Randle's decision making right and then mm-hmm. him attacking the basket yeah what did we see, or what do we see every, almost every year when Giannis Antetokounmpo gets walled up? He has to pass out, right? He has to pass out, yeah. Julius Randle, who he's facing a similar-esque sort of defense, my, my, but his, exactly. his decision-making, like you said, is not... Giannis level. No. Not even that's, close. No, but he's also his decision-making is maybe half a step behind where you maybe would like it to be. So yeah. my question to you, and Chris, you can obviously hop in on this, is... If you're the Knicks, right, and Julius Randle's your best player, right, and you're trying to get him open looks, wouldn't it make more sense, I don't know, maybe feed through R.J. Barrett more than you do Julius Randle or feed more through, well, let's let's take some, well, besides him, let's take somebody else. I don't know. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, if he was healthy. I was going to say, that's the thing. That's the thing. thing. Your answer is so ugly. The answer is so important. We know Randall's good. We know Brunson's good, right? We know those two are good. We know they're going to give you what they give you. RJ Barrett, I am very hard on him. He's hot hot and cold. He's he's picked up the hotness at the right But he's been phenomenal in the playoffs. He's been very good in the playoffs, Yeah. right? You need to find a way to make everybody else better. My thing is is if the ball's moving, people are moving, and there's proper off-ball movement and yeah. cutting and screening and all that, right. you don't have to drive yourself through the wall Absolutely. to come up with some offensive scheme that like no one's ever heard of. It, doesn't, no have reason be, it to, doesn't have to be rocket no. science. Basketball's pretty simple. Don't try to, re, like, my, don't try to re- reinvent the wheel for the Knicks. <laughs> don't try to reinvent yeah. the wheel. Just like move the ball, 
get open and move yourselves to the gaps. That's all you have to do against Miami because when they zoned them last night, yeah. the Knicks had like no issues scoring the basketball. All you have to they do, were passing the ball. Yeah, they're get the, the ball, ball to the middle of the zone. The whole thing collapses and you're open to and, spray. But the thing is, guys have to hit shots. Yes. I do fully. I first of all fully agree with you on the RJ take. Um, I've been kind of ta- thinking about it. I I call them Harrison Barnes' career trajectory. It's like. No. An in and out Shut up. No. <laughs> Shut up. No. no. I would go Tayshawn Prince if you want to say like Well, did Tayshawn wing, make the All Star game? A wing right. not throughout. I'm just like, saying the Harrison Barnes the Harrison Barnes like takes things. Okay. Um back to RJ real quick. Um he is win. a player who I do think is underutilized as a playmaker. I do think that what he needs to work on this offseason, yes, the shot does need to improve, but what I think is most important is tightening up that handle mm-hmm. and getting him more, and that in turn will get him more on-ball reps. I think RJ is a very underrated passer. I think he might be the, honestly, might be the best passer on this team because Wow, he's, really over yeah, Brunson? Brunson's not that great of a passer. Okay. I do think that RJ has the ability to become a really good passer. I think he's shown that. He has a willingness to throw lobs to Mitchell Robinson, look for guys in the corner on mm-hmm. kickout passes. And you saw that one play where he got doubled, yeah. walled off, four, I think four seconds left in the shot clock, spins in, but usually you'd be like, oh no, he's off his, he doesn't have his pivot foot, what do we do? Throws an absolute beautiful dime to Mitchell Robinson yeah, for a dunk. that was a really good That's pass. A, that was too. a phenomenal pass. RJ is a player where he needs, I wouldn't even say he needs the ball in his hands to be the best, but he's at his best. Like when you see, he's, he's at the ball. He's moving, yeah. He, he's the best player in movement when he's attacking the hoop. Mm-hmm. And as I've, as I've seen on Twitter, stampeding the, basically stampeding the paint, attacking the rim on the move. He's a guy who's strong enough to move and catch and finish through contact. You need to see more of that. You need to see the Knicks open up more of that. And I think that, um, the Knicks' best success this postseason has been letting RJ get the ball, and that opens everybody else. Because when RJ's cooking, Randall gets easier looks. Brunson gets easier looks. Grimes gets easier shots. Everybody else gets opened up, and Mitch, RJ obviously loves, loves to look for Mitch on the lobs. Yeah. Works out for everybody. I think that he's done a really good job this playoffs. Obviously, Chris bought up quickly. Unhealthy and has had a, a he's str- had an experience. Ha- had a rough yeah. playoffs offensively. Defensively, he's been great, but offensively, he's been, it's been bad. very bad. It's quickly is the answer to a lot of these problems, but since he's not here right now, we who knows if he plays game six. I'd I say, doubt I, it. I'd say unlikely. I doubt and if, it. if the series gets extended to game seven, that's a maybe, but you can't bank on that. No. You need to get RJ Barrett more on ball reps. He is a willing passer and he's a capable passer. You get him more on ball reps, it opens up the floor for everybody else and the Knicks offense just flows better. Now he, let me ask you guys, I want to ask the two of you yeah. this as well. We were talking about this in the back room. Mm-hmm. Then I've complained a lot about the Knicks need the star player, right? Of course. Do we think, would you rather have a team that plays together a collective like this, or would you rather star player, okay, everyone else, you're going to do this around the star player. Would you rather that or the collective whole is really good? Right now with the way the Knicks play, the collective, collective and I'm being honest, Chris? because I just don't think, yeah, you want you to mean first. as in like a, a heliocentric style of play, like all around like, the like star a Luka player? Doncic Can you speak yeah. English, please? Heliocentric. <laughs> I understood what he meant. I, <laughs> I was. I, like, I think that's a you problem, Thomas. Personally. It is. No, no. I know, um, I know. Heliocentric being like a James Harden and Houston yeah, like, kind of thing. Luka Doncic and don't need that. Dallas. He's the ball handler. Everybody else surrounds him. Yeah, he gets all the on ball reps. I, w- I would just want to know. Thing. Well, it depends on the player. Yeah, like I've really always said, Doncic isn't good enough to justify that style of play for them nor do they have the roster to make it make sense. That's yeah. true. And the last piece that they had that made it make sense in Finney Smith, uh, they he's, traded he's for the a Nets. piece that makes it make less sense in Irving. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it really depends on the star. But 
I do think that you know the, whatever the the team approach um, is is important. It's about both. It's about assembling a team approach that a star will look at and say, "Yeah, that looks good. I would want to be, be the missing piece into that." Yeah. Um, that's what Duran and Irving did in Brooklyn. However, that you know, it turned out how I said it would, but that's that's how it started. That's how it got <laughs> yeah. there, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You look at Durant and Phoenix. Guys look at a situation that's built up, and they say, "Okay, I would like to insert myself into that." Yeah. That's the league nowadays. It's mm-hmm. not about going somewhere and starting from scratch. So, right. I think you need to have the team approach. I think it's a necessity. I think that's why teams like Miami can land stars like Butler. Um, I think that's why a team like New York can get someone like Jalen Brunson to leave Dallas and go to them and be a guy who helps start something. Absolutely. Because he likes what they've been building and, and their team identity and Brunson knew the coach in Thibodeau. Um, and his dad. I, yeah, you know, they they were going to hire uh, Rick the year before. Mm-hmm. They couldn't, so they hired him You know that next year. Um, I just think, you know, when you're playing with two teams in, in New York and Miami that fit that team approach style – then I don't understand why New York guards Miami like they are a heliocentric team. They, they right. are very afraid of Butler. Um, and to a detriment, As are a lot of people. Though. To a detriment, right. yeah. they but Jimmy's are afraid a good of enough Jimmy play, He's a good enough playmaker where he doesn't need to force stuff, and he he's a willing playmaker. He literally mm-hmm. said in a postgame, he quoted, I like when teams double-team me because I know somebody else is open. That's a problem. Uh, Jimmy's a willing playmaker, and he's a good playmaker. You can't let that happen. Yeah, and and when you when you think about how to beat a team like the Heat, it's about getting him to pass the ball to these other guys mm-hmm. and not letting him thrive off of like the junk points that he always thrives off of. You know, right. I talked about that last week. <laughs> free throws, um, free throws, offensive rebounds, and putbacks, like mm-hmm. little things like that. That's Jimmy's bread and butter. Yeah. Those little Second the steals, points. the yeah. blocks, turning it into a bucket. Right. Yep. When you Absolutely. can, when you can. You don't have to cut off the head of the snake. You just have to trap the snake in a box. And if you know like where that. the Good snake one. is going to be, then you can catch it. And yeah. so for the Knicks, they know they're a better team than Miami. It's yeah. just about getting them where you want them. Yeah. So when the Knicks walked in to the zoo in game one and they just like, covered themselves in deli meat and were like come get me you know and I'm like you can't be surprised when now you're you, making me hungry when the lions run you over yeah but it's just jimmy butler you're just it catching really a snake yeah get him in a cage get the tweezers out whatever get it is tweezers get it you know, the, the stick the, the, the pincers you know whatever it is what like, do they use like a big pair of scissors you gotta like the stick i think it's a so stick. Wrap them around. Whatever <laughs> i just think it's a Listen, stick yeah it, it's about rope it's about that whatever it is yeah. that's what it's about <laughs> really, and so yeah. When you look at the approach for New York, what do they need to do to force a Game 7 at home? I think it's really just about guarding Miami like the team they were all season. Right. Not that good of one. Mm-hmm. When they keep playing them like they're going to run them over, yeah, that's they, they think they're going to get run over, yeah. and then they get run over. When the Knicks come out with scared. their backs against the wall like they did last game, they play their best. But you yeah. can't simulate that stress from before the tip. Play with that same intensity defensively that you did in Cleveland Game 1. I remember, obviously, very different personnel. But if you remember game one, from the jump, you have R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle trapping Darius Garland, forcing a turnover, getting quick, easy points. Obviously, Miami has a lot more experience, much better coached, I'd say better team. Much tougher. Much tougher team, much more mentally tough. I'd say less talented on paper, but smarter, tougher, and better, and better coached. But the point is, play with that same intensity. Obviously, you mentioned, we've mentioned that Jalen Brunson and Quinn Grimes both play 48 minutes. Questionable and scary, but the Knicks needed every single all of those forty-eight minutes. The Knicks needed. You need to play with like your seasons on the line, which it is. 
backs against the wall. Mm-hmm. You're playing in unfamiliar, in hostile territory in Miami. No matter how many Knicks fans show up there, in the first half, yeah, you can say, oh, it's going to be a Knicks crowd. At the end of the game, when it's crunch time, one, they have Jimmy Butler. Two, they have Eric Spolstra. Three, the Heat crowd will show up. Oh, yeah, they show um, up. All right. You need to play like your back's against the wall. You have to play smart. You have to play hard, but you have to play smart, most importantly. Do what do what worked in game five, second quarter, third third quarter, what it worked. Passing the ball, ball movement, getting the ball in R.J. Barrett's hands, letting Jalen Brunson be a tough shot maker, but, you know, not forcing tough shots. Let Julius Randle attack the rim. And guys have got surrounding guys have to hit shots. If Obi Toppin's gonna play, he only played twelve minutes. If he's gonna play, he has to hit he has to hit some shots. Isaiah Hartenstein played twenty two minutes, he was good. If Josh Hart plays, he has to be one, willing to shoot in the corner, and two, making those shots, making smart decisions. They played. A, they played basically played a six man rotation. I don't think it's a matter yeah. of him not being able, like willing, not willing to shoot. It's just can you hit the shot? Can you hit the shot? It's really more it's of really, what it is because oh, he's going to shoot. Right, he's uh, going to shoot. It, it's the point for all of those players. You yeah, have, you have to hit those shots. And one, two, you have to be much more respectful of Miami's three point shooting. Yes. Obviously, yes. The regular season they were twenty seventh, but this is a this is a new season. Playoffs are a completely new season. Why do we think the Heat are a completely different team than they were in the playoffs? They do not care the about your seeding. They don't care about the regular season. <laughs> they don't they're care about here. They made it here, and they're going to kill. So how do you prevent them from killing? Prevent them from doing what's best. Well, they move the ball well. They can hit tough shots. And Jimmy Butler is mentally tough and really good at basketball. Bam Adebayo, he's had a – I'd say he's had a pretty good series. He's been fine, yeah. Yeah, you, fine. you got it. You got it. Mostly Jimmy, but well, you no, you just have to be physical with them. Bam Adebayo cannot grab five offensive rebounds like he did. Yeah, in game see, five. that's you, you have to you have yeah. to cut off their offensive rebounding. Stop letting them get second chance points, and you'll win. You will win Game Six. So there's three things I'm gonna bring up. Yeah, if my the Knicks are gonna pull this out to a Game Seven. The first one is they need Cleveland Game Five Mitchell Robinson. I feel like that can make a huge difference for them. Easier said than done. There's Easy, a whole yes. New series. But if you're if we're gonna get if we're going to watch him give, what is it, 18 and 14 he had in Game 5, I think, against Cleveland, something like that. Yeah, 13 points, 18 right? rebounds. You're not going to get that. You need, but you need to get close to that because the rebounding, we talked about very early on in this podcast. Tom, it's, it's, I think it's a it's, team effort. Yeah, yeah. You it's a team have, effort. You have he, it starts with him, though. It has yeah, to start yeah, with him. So. It I, does I, have I to start with him. With the second one is the bench eight points from the bench me yeah. really um, embarrassing Come on, really embarrassing like, performance from the bench that can't happen obi needs they need at least eight from obi they're going to need another like six and nine from hartenstein and i would say who, eight, eight from heart eight from heart at McBride's minimum not play. that's minimum yeah, and yeah. that keeps you in the game you're going to run an eight man rotation on yeah. game yeah and the third thing for me is who is that other starter that's going to help Brunson and and Randall, right? Oh, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, but we need no, no, no. They need R.J. Barrett get twenty five in this game. Dude, I, I think Randall's the bigger question mark. Yeah, Randall's Barrett. a much bigger I feel question like, mark. But see, I feel RJ's, like R.J. might be our best player in the playoffs right now, besides Brunson. I feel like Randall's going to be fine though. Ends. I'm not worried about him putting up twenty and seven. It's not, just will he shoot efficiently? I, I don't care. I don't care about how many points he puts up. I care about the decision making he makes, and I just I oh, care yeah, about too. his yeah. attitude on the court. If he's gonna, I don't care if he puts up zero points. If he buys. I said it. I I didn't. I don't know if I said it on air, but um, I've been thinking this since game one of the Cleveland series. I didn't care that he shot terribly. I no, I really did. I really did not care that he shot like thirty percent from the field. Why? Because he was playing defense, showing effort, and making quick decisions. Yeah, if you're not scoring you, the ball, do yeah, other stuff. You need to. Do other you stuff. need that Randall. I, well, yeah. with the shot making of second and third quarter, Randall. 
in game six. You need that desperately or your season's over. You just need him to make quick decisions because Randall cannot think that he is going to beat Bam Adebayo one-on-one or Jimmy Miller one-on-one. Yeah. He's not. They're too good of defenders. You have to play. They're, they want you to... I hope, like, Randall knows that they want him to do that. I they feel like they should ISO. listen to Pick and Pod. Maybe this will get into their head. <laughs> I think, right? I think, what I are we think saying here? That would be a good idea. But real talk, like, they need to just, Randall just needs to play within the team and just make quicker decisions, make, not even make smarter decisions, but just be on your toes. Yeah, be on your toes. Be smart. Be on your game from opening tip. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's stay in the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about Boston and Philadelphia. Um, this is another heavyweight series, and it's a, it's a heavyweight series in a bit different of a way in the sense that mm-hmm. it's really about the superstar talent here. You've got mm-hmm. Embiid and Harden. you got Maxi as, like, the third banana, you know. Guys like Toby, PJ, mm-hmm. um, Melton. The Sixers have good depth. Even even Jalen McDaniels now was a really yeah. good pickup for them at the deadline. You look at Boston. you got Tatum and Brown. And you've also got, you know, the, the, the guard triumvirate and smart white and Brogdon, mm-hmm. um, you've got Rob Williams and Al Horford. These guys are, are you know, holding it down down yep. low for Boston. Uh, Embiid, though, <laughs> right? Just one MVP. It's a handful. He's playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Harden has been, I don't want to say vintage Harden, because Tyler and I were talking about this on Pick and Pod last week. That 45-point game might have been his best playoff game he's ever had. Yeah. Oh, so this 100%. Isn't, this they, isn't vintage yeah. Harden. This is like... The wine Harden that's like yeah. just getting better yeah. as second, it ages. Second half it's of his awesome. career Harden. I, awesome. I love to make fun of James Harden he's, having meltdowns just yearly in the West because yeah, it was really up. funny. Like the, the San Antonio one was my favorite personally in 2017. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Manu Ginobili just comes out of nowhere and swats him yeah. on the three point attempt. But it's nice to see him finally show up in a playoff series. And I like Joel Embiid a lot. I, I truly believe. He is one of the five best players in the NBA, and he's, I mean, he's probably at this point with the MVP now, surely destined for the Hall of Fame. But my thing was every year was would Joel Embiid not act like the Walking Dead in the playoffs? That was my question with him for a lot of years, and he's finally showing up. He had a great game last game against Boston. I think the play that sums it up was his chase down block. Yeah. You don't normally see that from Joel in the playoffs. Especially with a destroyed knee. Yeah, and his knee is still screwed up. I mean, he's a big boy. What is he? He's got to be 300 pounds plus. Yeah, Yeah. he's gigantic. You don't see that often from a player of his height and weight, but for him to go after 94 feet to get a block was amazing to me. But the other thing with Boston – they're so soft. Yeah. They are incredibly very, it's very like soft. they're coddled like children to mm-hmm. me. I, I like Joe Missoula and I understand why they wanted to make him the head coach because Brad Stevens' thought process was let's keep what Ime had on the basketball court going. Yeah. But Joe Missoula is just he's not a hard hard nosed man like Ime. That's where I think is really killing Boston because you've got Marcus Smart who's we think he's a tough guy. Al Horford's... He's a fake tough guy. He is a fake tough guy. Al Horford's a tough guy, but he's old. Robert Williams can't stay on he's the floor. Yep. Jalen Brown's not something. And Jason Tatum is kind of soft. So it sounds like you've got Philly closing this out. Yeah, I yeah, think so Philly's going to win. Yeah. I think they Tyler? closed out game six. I think that Philly's going to win just because I think the tur- well, one of the turning point, obviously James Harden being that X factor. Game one, phenomenal, obviously. Game 45 points. Game four, 42 points. Really just like playing just decisive he really isn't like questioning oh do i go up for a shot at the rim do i take a step back do i take a fade away do i what do i do or do i pass no he's playing decisive he's and 
that is so dangerous. That's why Philly is so dangerous right now. For the first time in my life, I've ever seen Doc Rivers outcoach another coach in the playoffs. Well, Joe Mazzulla's. Yeah. No, he's 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 <laughs> running laps around. Yeah. Joe Mazzulla looks terrible. Yeah. And uh, P.J. Tucker telling Joel Embiid, nobody on the team can guard you. Go, yeah. That, that, go yeah. just dominate Al Horford. Nobody can guard you. That was also another turning point of the series. That changed their PJ, culture, too, P.J. PJ is an amazing leader. Yeah. And. Sure, he's not really doing much offensively. Defensively, that's what he knows he's known for. And the corner three. He's not really doing much of that. But his leadership has been huge. Yeah. Huge for the Sixers. Really, like in the past, the Sixers felt like they were a little mentally fragile. They felt like they would collapse in the most embarrassing way possible. <clears throat> ben Simmons. Yes, exactly. Or Joel Embiid shooting like what five twenty six in that game. Uh, the Toronto game, I think a couple of years ago, he was especially horrible, Joel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's had zero points in a playoff game before. This is this feels different because one, they, I think they were the best three point shooting team in the NBA in mm-hmm. their regular season. They have floor spacing, they have cap- multiple playmakers, they have a, a top two center in the league, and Joel Embiid MVP playing out of his mind, and th- it just feels like they've they've all bought into their roles, really yeah. playing within each other, playing as a team. I think that Philly's obviously in the driver's seat, and I think that Philly is right now. They look like the much better team, the much more mentally tough team. I think Boston's just mentally shot. I think also. Before we just move on to the it next happens. point, Milwaukee lost in the first round. Yeah, exactly. it happens. But It'll my happen. po- my point going to Boston real quick: Jason Tatum cannot start off games like that. No, Jason Tatum no, in the no. first quarter, you cannot be playing like Jason Tatum has in the first quarter of this whole series. It's been embarrassing. And then the other point, his co-star Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown starts off games so well. Why are you shooting 16 shots in a game? And I think it was maybe it was game one. He was 8 of 10 from the field. Why are you taking 10 shots if you're 8 of 10 from the field? Shoot the ball more. It's really simple. It's not rocket science. Attack. Nope, nobody's guarding you, so shoot the ball. Stop playing scared. Stop checking out of games after, game, after the first quarter. He's a good on-ball defender. Horrible off-ball. You saw the lack yeah, of his, awareness. Yeah, his off-ball you, is... Off-balls. Like... It's been bad for years. You saw the lack of awareness when he... In game four, when he let James Harden just shoot that wide open three. Joel Embiid's not a two. You're up two. Joel Embiid makes a shot. You tie it up. You have 18 seconds to go get a bucket. Right. You leave James Harden, who has 39 points at that time. He's red hot, having a phenomenal game, shooting the ball in a wide open, the shortest three-pointer in the league. Corner three. What are you doing? It's a lack of awareness. It's a lack of buying in. And Missoula not calling timeouts. Missoula just pretty much being a spectator. Well, I get like I get why he didn't yeah. call timeout, but you have two call timeout, call up a play. Like you have eighteen seconds. You're not gonna. It's not like you have five, like six, five, six, seven seconds where you can run up the yeah, court. So much time. And the defense isn't set. So much. You have time. eighteen seconds. Call timeout. Drop a set play. If it doesn't work, call another timeout. It's really simple. I don't know what he's doing out there. I think he's just being a fan, like kind of like what Budenholzer did in round one. But you, oh man, you you have to be more. you have to be more aware. Yeah, it's a playoff game. They're playing like a, They're playing with regular season intensity. They're playing like this is game sixty one of the regular season. This is the playoffs. Your season is on the line. I don't get what they're doing. It's really frustrating to watch. I'm sure Celtics fans feel the same way. I do think that Philly closes this out in six. I do want to. Um, I want to bring this up about the timeouts thing, right? So, if you're looking at it from the outside, like we are, mm-hmm. I don't mind Joe Missoula in theory not calling a timeout when you yeah. have Jason Tatum on the team. I would understand why you would do that. But again, we talk about their mental. That this is not even about numbers in this series. This is yeah. all about mental state of mind. The Boston Celtics are a train wreck mentally. Call sure, a timeout. Yeah. Draw up a set play. Like you could have, you could have just drawn up a very simple set play to get Tatum a clean look. 
Maybe you could have won the game on that. That would have been a huge morale. You have, you have 18 seconds, and you don't yes, get a, you don't get yes. a shot off. That's you don't even get the shot That's off. Like that, what does that tell That's you? Genuinely embarrassing. It takes they have to move the ball around the entire half court set. Which I, look, we like to praise ball movement, which is great. But in that scenario, be decisive. Be decisive and let Tatum just be on an island, man. I don't know what else I need to tell the Boston Celtics. Come on, I mean, guys, yeah. come on. For me personally, come on. I I agree with you guys. I think I I would have Philadelphia closing it out, and the reason for me is because, like, Tyler was just saying earlier. Yeah, I, I read I read the little long. <laughs> no, no, before that we love it. Yeah, before that, I, Doc Rivers is like something's like gotten into him. Yeah. His playoffs, like he's he's coaching, and he's we used to make fun of him for his yeah, playoff so performances still, still because yeah. they're poor. Yes, yeah. yeah, they're very <laughs> poor. They're very bad. You know, yeah. We're not bullying. There's some mind-numbing yeah. decisions <laughs> that he made. Honesty isn't bullying. He's an adult. No. He has he can be accountability. Yeah, he he can be accountability. Good. He can be accountable and held accountable. The thing though is that something really seems to have gotten in him he's, he's coaching he's staggering yeah. he's playing well now he's not getting much out of tobias harris in yeah. this series but the celtics have really good switchable long wings you're expecting right. like we were saying earlier it's not a robinson series it's a hartenstein series. this mm-hmm. is not a harris series yeah this is an Embiid series they still did a good you look job at boston's five, bigs yeah. it's an Embiid series mm-hmm. you look at their guards i think all series. three it's of boston's series. guards are overrated defensively. I think Derek White think Derek is White's probably the best, the best yeah, of the yeah. three. He's fine. I He's would have Smart one. second, Brogdon third. Brogdon by far third. Smart's DPOY. So fake. Ooh, but so anyway, fake. Um, listen, the thing is that James Harden wow, can really, really toy with these guys. Yeah. And you've seen it. Yes. You've seen him yeah. do it. So He's finally put think, it together. I think Philly closes things out tonight. Now, if Boston wins and extends the series, yeah, I'm going to sit yeah. there and I'm going to be like, okay, they, they got hot from three. Yeah. They got it together. But like what Thomas was saying, which I agree with him here, I don't think they have that like fortitude. They don't have the edge. That they, championship they DNA. No. That the, the comments, it's so fake. They haven't even won a ring. Yeah, every time, <laughs> every close. time, every time Kyle Fish. Lowry catches a pass, you know they like, oh, there's the guy with the championship DNA. The Celtics don't yeah. have any. Yeah, they don't. They have don't any. have any. Nope. No. Al Horford in college, right? No. Maybe no, you know count. that was 2007. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That's their championship. That's a long DNA. time ago. Yeah. That is Boston's championship DNA. And so my issue is that oh, wow. will. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Did Derek White win with the Spurs? I don't think no, he was no, on he that team. The yeah, only right? championship DNA they really have is Jason Tatum winning the All Star Game MVP. <laughs> That's all they really have. Uh, listen, unless Muscala was on the back end of a Moose. championship winning roster that I forget <laughs> yeah. about. No, because the Lakers traded him that year yeah, for. They uh, did. They have zero. That's, what the heck was it for? Okay. The point they is have, they have none. They have yeah. no. <laughs> I also, so, yeah, I, I've, I've com- got Philly. Completely out <laughs> yeah. of outside of basketball questions. So I've been to both Boston and Philadelphia. Which do you think has better food? Tom, I just, just, what? Tom, no, I just want to know. It's All right, very the curious. Next Go ahead. Come Boston? On. What's your answer? Food? I got Boston. Food? I got Boston. Mid off. Yeah. Uh, give me Mid Boston. Off. Wow. Me All right. Okay. We're gonna, we're, we go I just on, wanted right. to ask. Wanted next, to know. we're, we're going to move on here because we we see Miami closing it out. We see Philadelphia closing it out. Yeah. Let's go out west. Sure. Let's yeah. go out west. Let's do we it. agree. Come Hot on, you know, Unfortunately, we, yes. We agree. Let's go out west. We got to start with what is the showdown of legacies in Curry versus James. Um, like I said, Tom, I, I said last week to Tyler, I used to explain to my parents every year, oh, my God, yes, it's Steph and LeBron again. Now I'm like, yes, it's <laughs> yes, Steph and it's LeBron. Fun. Now it's One fun. more time. It's fun. Now yeah. it's fun. It, it, it's fun. It, it happened naturally. Yes. It wasn't yeah. just another finals meeting. This is you gotta love it, and Perfect. it's been a great series. But yeah. my prediction of the Lakers taking it is looking good. I love their formula. Their formula has always been initiator, finisher, mm-hmm. depth. 
Yeah. Surrounding, spacing, defensive talent. And they have the pieces now. They have the initiator, the initiator in the <laughs> NBA in LeBron James. Because you yep. look at the guys above LeBron on the best players list, for me, Curry is the only offensive initiator that's better than him. Yeah. But then you look at Davis versus the, the Warriors' next up stars. Oh, in, man, in, Anthony Davis. In Clay and, and Draymond. Well, Davis is might be on the, and off. Might be he's the on best. and off. That he's means that he might be the on best. On and off. Off being he's injured like right, half the time. Defensively, he's been an absolute menace. He's been really good defensively. Yeah. I agree. So you look at the Lakers' formula, and the result was really bad. You know, the last couple seasons mm-hmm. after the ring because yeah. the depth wasn't there. Right. But the moves Palinka made at this year's deadline were stellar. And mm-hmm. even though he didn't acquire any star, yeah. D'Angelo Russell's a game he's not a, he's not a star. He did, That's such a game changer. He's definitely not a star, though. loading has stopped loading. <laughs> and my thing is that... Computer crash. Um, Jesus, <laughs> I'm <laughs> thing, That is harsh. My <laughs> thing, I'm not, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Hey, oh, no comment. I'm not disagreeing. That was harsh. Yeah. Listen, no comment. The, the Lakers' depth is great. They got Hachimura. Right. They got Russell. And then you take a look at guys like Vanderbilt, the Stepping glue, up. the yeah. glue, glue in there. Guys. So, yeah. Exactly. Love glue guys. Even guys depth like, is really important. They got the spacing, yeah, Reeves. Yeah. They got the driver in Schroeder. Sure, he's been good. So he's been good you, this you, you look and at And even that. Lonnie Walker providing a spark. Yeah, Obviously, when, game. Since when was he Michael Jordan? Yeah, I mean, he didn't really play well in <laughs> game five, but game four, 15 points in the fourth quarter, absolutely lights out. And that's huge. And he plays good defense, exactly. too. You he's need a, that. Not horrible defender. Yeah. So when you look at. Like that makeup for them, I love it, and I think the Warriors like are really good. I just thought the way they match up playoff mm-hmm. basketball, you know, you, you get a good matchup in, in a game, you get a switch, and you get a good matchup, and you go at it and you attack it. Yeah. The next play, you try to get a different you know, playoff basketball is about exploiting that matchup yeah, every absolutely. single time, and it's when you crazy. have. Anthony Davis having plays made for him by LeBron James. It's yep. a really hard formula to deal with when you have to respect the shooters, mm-hmm. when you have to respect the cutters, when yep. you have to respect the guy at the top of the key who might drive in and float up. It, it really is a testament to the Lakers' leadership and front office that they turned the team around in half a season Yeah, because the start of yeah. this year, Disasters. the formula was LeBron, initiator, Davis, finisher, no depth, bad result. Yeah. Now yeah. it's LeBron, initiator, Davis, finisher, good depth, great result. Yeah. And, and, and even though the depth it wouldn't be an all-star and loaded squad if Davis and the James were not. It's almost the perfect squad it's around LeBron. It's about the fit, and it's the about the fit. matchups yeah. and the yeah. mismatches that they can create. Hachimura is a, 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 a four-and-a-half sized four that plays like a three that can also actually play the three. Yeah. Like they've got, a lot of mats. They've got something yeah. cooking right there in L.A. And so I said in the first round here on Pick and Pod, don't be surprised if the Lakers make it to the finals because they – have a team after the deadline. The same way I thought that people weren't giving enough consideration to how Brooklyn, how bad Brooklyn was after the deadline. Oh, they'll they'll give Philly six or seven games. They'll put yeah, no, no, they're chance. bad. Yeah, they they're stink. bad. They stink. Yeah, I think done. people aren't paying enough attention to how good the Lakers were yeah, after definitely. the deadline. And I know on a New York basketball show to put down the Nets to put up the Lakers is sacrilege, right? Yeah. But I do think that <laughs> it's just a, a, a mirror. You know, if you don't yeah. like what you see in the mirror, you can't yeah. blame the mirror, right? Exactly. So uh, I, I think that it's a reflection of where we're at. I got to ask you guys, it's a simple question, but I do want to hear your reasoning. Who's winning this series? Is, do we have our first comeback prediction from anyone? Nope. Tyler, I'm, you I'm, go first. I'm going to stick with it. The, cor- the Corgi <laughs> will be wrong, unfortunately. I do like, think, aw. first of all, AD is expected to play in game I want six. a Corgi now. Uh, yeah, you can get one. <laughs> That's uh, besides the point. But my, All right, I'm just going to go ahead. I think that LeBron, this is the best. 
This is the best team that we've seen around LeBron in a while. Maybe, honestly, this might be a better fit. Maybe not as more talented like than 2020, the bubble year. But I think this team fits him better. Just especially modern-day LeBron where he's the foot is still very injured. And he's still giving you good performances night in, night out. Just super impressive. AD is locked in. And it's not even the scoring, the offense. Like, the offense is there from time to time. It's It can be a little inconsistent. He was good last game. The defense has been ridiculous. I really do think he might be the best defensive player in the NBA today. Like, he's... Davis? Sw- yeah, he's switchable. Yeah. He's he's a, got Ooh. immaculate, just ridiculously good timing. That's what it is. His timing's amazing. His foot speed has been pretty solid. And his, he's a great rim protector. He's switchable. He does all the little things. He's been unbelievably locked in on defense the whole playoffs. Offensively, hot and cold, but you expect that from AD. When he's hot, they're unbeatable. When he's cold, they're beatable, but, you know, they're still a good team. Austin Reeves has been phenomenal since the – for the whole second half of the year, he's been an absolutely phenomenal player. Really good play, really good natural playmaker. Can shoot the ball. Can score at all three levels. I'm not saying at an elite level, but he does his job. And he, he plays good point-of-attack defense. That's all they really needed. Schroeder's been good. Delos hit his shots. And Delos, he hasn't let stuff spiral. He hasn't he hasn't just, like, had one of his 2 of 14 shooting performances. Why? Because he knows that he has good teammates around him, like LeBron, AD, where he can trust them. But his IQ, he has good leaders around him to, like, tell him to rein it in a little bit. Lonnie Walker, obviously, we mentioned. Schroeder, Beasley. Even Beasley's not even played. Hachimura has been amazing this playoffs. I think that this team is very well constructed. I also think that the Warriors have too many holes. I feel like this is a year where they're like, oh, they're they're basically doing like doing the Miami Heat for me. Like, oh, just make it the playoffs. Hope you know our championship DNA we exist, and experience. But we're not going to do anything. Our, our championship DNA and experience will carry us. Steph, like, do something. Basically, that's not going to happen, especially against this team. This is a good, very good Lakers team. Um, Steph, you know. He's been phenomenal this playoffs. I'd say he's been the top three player in the whole playoffs. He's been a really good playmaker, which is really what's been very impressive. Draymond was scoring the ball game five. Wiggins has been phenomenal. But other than that, what do you really have? Klay Thompson is, is about as inconsistent as it comes. You look up the word inconsistent in the dictionary, Jordan Poole comes up. Or just bad, straight up. Jordan Poole is just horrible on the court right now. He's been horrible all playoffs. DiVincenzo hasn't given you anything. Kevon Looney's been... You know, he's been solid, but he hasn't been first-round Kevon Looney because AD is a whole different animal than Sabonis. They need to play one. Well, they also have to play Moses Moody more because he's a good player. Moody Moses? Yes. Uh, and GP2's <laughs> been solid, but GP2's been pretty good. But, like, I feel like they're just too vol- – the, the Warriors right now – I don't ever want to count out the Warriors just knowing that they have Stephen Curry yeah, on their team. He is the He is the yeah. ultimate game-breaker. That being said, they feel too volatile. They feel too inconsistent. They feel like they have too many flaws on this current roster – Feels like some guys are checked out. I'm gonna point to Jordan Poole. I'm gonna point to Clay Thompson. Feels like they're me- not even mentally checked out. They're just out there, just doing cardio. Clay's out there shooting three of twelve. And Game Six, Clay. They're like, oh, Game Six, Clay, come save us. Game Six, Clay hasn't existed since 2016. Tyler, if if I mean if he shows up, good for him. But I'm really like this is Lakers on their home floor. The Lakers have been really good in their home floor. Lakers have a major home court advantage. They're playing really well. Obviously, they lost Game Five, but. So the Lakers it. have fans, right? They have fans. They have fans. They will they have fans. They will win Game Six. <laughs> the series will be over. That's you guys ready for this? No. Ready for What's this? the prediction? Who, Chris? Who's my? Who's the greatest basketball player ever? In my opinion. In, oh, in my opinion, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James, Lou the, Gehrig. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> Larry Bird, Babe, Babe Ruth. <laughs> no, it's Michael Jordan. You ready for this? 
I'm going to pick LeBron to win. Oh, to so lose funny. in the biggest moment in the NBA Finals right, when that happens. Right, that's get, what I'm going to do. Right, I'm going to pick Caleb. LeBron to win this series because I feel like Golden State, like you said, they're they're a dead body. It's time to call the morgue. Mm-hmm. But I predict LeBron James is going to win this series, make it to the NBA Finals, and lose so spectacular. That fifth ring, man. Go talk. Yeah, Go talk. yeah. It's gonna okay. Be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Let I'm me. Love yeah. It. Okay. Let me know when he does actually try. Any X does win the fifth. All right, ring. You're stuttering already. <laughs> you're struggling. I, I've got. I'm gonna, the Lakers closing this out. Yeah. So I agree with you that they'll close They're it gonna out. They're going to close this out. I don't think they will close it out just to lose. I do have them going to the finals. Ooh. I have them beating the Nuggets Ooh. if they're who makes Wait, it. Wait, what? What do you mean the finals and beating the Nuggets? Oh, the conference finals. You mean? I think oh, they'll beat the Nuggets head. and oh, okay, then go okay. to the finals. Really? Wow, okay. It's possible. Okay. And it's, it, it's, Who's, who's it's coming out of the chance. East? So at the start of the playoffs, I had Milwaukee Lakers, and now I've got probably Philly Philly Lakers. Yeah, okay. I've wanted an Embiid LeBron finals since the bubble year since 2020. That would be fun. It would be be a war of two very different styles of basketball. And I would love to watch it. Now you got Harden and then you got AD. Here's the other question. Oh, Embiid versus AD would be fun. Here I want to throw out this question because let's say, let's just say that Sixers Lakers is the final, right? Let's just throw it out there let's say the Sixers win right everyone talks about the big man's dead the big man's dead no the big, the big man has alive. won it's, it's been a lot the last couple of years the big man's won the MVP and if Joel Embiid wins a ring let's just the NBA is going to flip its flip its thinking back to what is it, over 30 years ago now where you have to win with a big man at, as your best player think think about it, it could change the the complexity of how teams I, are constructed. I think, think, I think about it NBA, that way, I think the big man narrative is the same thing as like, you, you know, I don't mean to get like weirdly um, no, no. political, but like I feel oh, like there's, al- there's always like a narrative where like th- the same narrative gets pushed over time. You know, like climate change, whatever. It's like, oh, people are the reason for climate change, yeah. not corporations. And they'll always say that no matter what's going on. Right. The NBA media will always say, the big man is dying. The big man yeah. is dying. Everyone look, the big man is dying. And and guess what happened when the big man died? It came the, Spurs, the Spurs drafted one number one overall in, right. in David Robinson. Mm-hmm. And then they drafted another one number one overall Tim in Tim Duncan. Duncan. And they had a dynasty. Yeah. Every time people say the big man is dead, well, a Moses Malone comes around. Every time people say the big Hakeem man is Olajuwon. dead, you've got Hakeem and you've got Ewing Shaq. and you've got Mourning and you've got O'Neal. Yeah. And every time people yeah. say the big man is dead, you've got Dwight Howard and now you've got Jokic and Embiid. Yeah. And and AD, uh, AD you you want to count you want to count Giannis as a big man there it is you yeah. want to count Cat as a five uh, you know he's <laughs> well, talented he, he, hold on let me, uh, let me ask you both this I think the big man is always oh it's, going it's, alive, to be it's alive and, and well it's, it's alive and well it's just adapted and improvised it's changed a lot over the years let me the ask, role of the yeah. big has changed a lot let me ask the both of you this because I know Chris brings up Dwight Howard right mm-hmm. before Dwight Howard became awful essentially okay. that. It was twenty, yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that like eight that. or nine year period, like centers really they were good, but they Joe weren't Kim winning Noah, games. Yeah, you, Joe Kim Joe Noah Kim was Noah. like the best center DeAndre, in the NBA, DeAndre top Jordan. five in MVP voting. <laughs> DeAndre, yeah, I mean, first team All NBA, DeAndre so, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, there was a couple years where it's down, but it was definitely down. But I think if Joel Embiid wins a ring. Oh, the it, complexity of how you build a team is just going to flip completely. I don't think again. It, I don't think it does just because. Oh, I guess when when Banyama coming into the league, he's that's not another, even. He's that, not that's, real. That that's guy. another piece. That but guy's that, not real. That being said, like the big man has never been really dead besides that dead period in like 2012, yeah. 2014 when Dwight was bad. DeAndre Jordan is the best. Like DeAndre Jordan, Marcus Saul. Those are still good players, but not like elite. 
That being said, like I do think that yes, the big man is never dead, but you can't. It's not like you can't build your team around big men. No, these guys are unicorns. Joel Embiid is a unicorn. We've it's never, just hard. We've, we've never seen anything like him. Yeah. Nikola Jokic. We've literally never seen anything like him. Maybe Prime Arvita Sabonis before he came Wilt, over to the Wilt NBA. Chamberlain. Just by we've numbers. Ne- we've, by ne- numbers. Ne- we've never. Not even close. Much different I like player. The, I like the RV. Yeah, um, RV, RV, Savo, RV, the RV yeah. shout is huge. Skill set, yes, yes, but I'm saying by numbers. Well, listen, Will Chamberlain. Top, we have another series. If we're, to talk if about. we're talking yeah. centers, then yeah. and we're talking Embiid. Yeah. There's one other guy that we kind of got to talk about. Can't leave out the best center in the NBA because he's scoring and assisting on like every Nuggets basket. Oh yeah, in Ridiculous. this series, and Devin Booker is playing like a top five player mm-hmm. in the league, and it just oh you're like in your prime right now because of that. Just doesn't matter. That's the make well, you so happy. You know, <laughs> Hop in your bag. I it's, used to get told on Pick and Pie that Zach Levine and Donovan Mitchell were going to be better than that guy. So who told you that? Yeah. It's a was li- it him? Was, no, it wasn't it's him. A little, no, no, it's, wasn't it's a little. It's a little fun. It's I, listen, I annoy Chris about the Atlantic 10. Okay? <laughs> That's what I do. I do. It's, it's been I do he's learned. One for I do years have now. to say, though, he's learned that when you look at Denver, I think the key to the series for them actually isn't Jokic. And it's what exactly I said it would be going into this series, which aged well for me as well if that's our theme here it's the it's guys three to nine yeah guys three yes when when you look at phoenix and denver jamal murray is no superstar right but he's pretty good Jokic (laughs) plus murray is balancing out durant plus booker how is that possible because that battle is going on top of some supports yeah and the nuggets support is sturdy and strong and the suns are waving in the wind (laughs) and they're all over the place terrence ross is not going to save your season i love terrence ross i love his game i think he's a great veteran he streams video games mildly entertaining i'll I'll watch every once in a while that's not the point. Keep not going. the point. <laughs> let him <laughs> let him cook. Well, well that could <laughs> the problem he plays. is that Tory Craig and Terrence Ross and Jock Landale. Uh, he's actually good. He's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. But these yeah. guys. He's like a mini Josh Hart. If Josh yeah. Hart's Loki. a mini Draymond Green, really good a Kogi's at blocking like shots at the mini, top. Okay, yeah. that was yeah. that was way too hard to follow. Yeah. If, yeah, Green, if, if Josh Hart is Draymond Junior, then a Kogi is Hart. Hart Junior. Yeah, there we go. He's good. And then you carry the one no, and you get good. a Coro. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> carry the one, divide by five, yeah, drop down listen, six. Listen, like, when yeah. you've got guys Pemdass. like Bruce Brown, like Aaron Gordon, yes. like Kentavious, Caldwell, Pope. Even Christian Brown. I love that guy. Oh, shout out to Christian Brown. Kansas yeah, Jayhawks. Sorry for the interruption. He's, no, bad. but he's hooping. He's good. He's a good player. Great defense. Great defense. And he yeah. came in and like he, he's providing a nice floor mm-hmm. for his play. The upside gets a couple shots to go in. Yeah. But. If he doesn't have the ball, he's a great complimentary piece. Why? He's a smart cutter. He showed Moves. it at Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. He can move well off the ball. He's a good finisher at the rim mm-hmm. when he has a little little momentum going off the yeah. cut. And he's a good shooter. So right. we know he's useful off the ball. And that's why the same way I say, you know, Barrett should play with the Knicks second unit more. Yep. So yes. that Brunson and Randall can shine because Barrett isn't complimentary to Brunson and Randall. He's counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you have to look at um, you know, what what the Nuggets have going on and you see like when they have one of Jokic or Murray on, but the bench yeah. guys are like, it goes really well. You got to yeah. stagger Close. guys. You yeah. got to look at who's complimentary. Um, on the sun side of things, yeah. Oof, <sighs> Landry Shamit. And with the news, it is yeah news that came out during this episode of Pick and Pod that I was saving for now. DeAndre Ayton will be. Out. Wait, he's out in tonight's game. Yeah, the Suns are dead bodies. All right, so. <laughs> Suns win. Jock Landell Masters. Suns so are this dead bodies. Season is projecting to be over for Phoenix. Yeah. The second team in two years to go all in for Kevin Durant and not Failed touch a conference finals game. Yeah. That, I think, has got to say something about, you know, I don't think the changing of the guard has happened yet. I think Kawhi, KD, and LeBron and Steph are all top 10 
top yeah. 12 players. Yeah. Still very good. But great players. They're getting up We're there. getting to they're a point where there. I think Curry's the only one that's top five yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of definitely. that bunch. Between Durant, Leonard, James, and Curry, one of them yeah, is K- a top five player. KD and Steph. Steph. I still do think KD is top five, but falling out of it. Giannis, See, the other thing, Curry, yeah, Giannis, Curry, Curry, Jokic. Jokic. Okay. Dealer's choice. You yeah. can pick Booker. Yeah. I would. You okay, can that's pick Tatum. I put Luca. You can pick. Uh, yeah. See, but he's not even but Luca, in the playoffs. Yeah, he's not even in the playoffs. As the Luca oh, defender, I get as, it. as the Luca defender, I do have to say, it, it. I feel like it's the Dallas Lucas rather than it is the Dallas. Yeah, he had a rough Maverick. He, he needs to play a different he style needs of ball. Yeah. To that's, change his that's style. Heliocentric ball, Thomas. Okay, that's yeah. heliocentric. What? There you go. I knew it the whole time. Listen, forget it. I think. We might be making a mistake completely writing off the Suns, but it's not one that we'll regret. It's not one <laughs> no, that we'll regret. not at all, Because yeah. they don't have the depth, and if right. Booker— They killed their depth if, with if the Booker Durant If Booker isn't playing, and the Cavaliers killed their depth with the Mitchell trade, yep. like, yes. see, I'm, I've been saying I mean, this, this on Pick and Pop for weeks. The Timberwolves did it with It's a fascinating case study into how worth it, where we are in the market for superstars, mm-hmm. and how worth it these deals actually are. There's Absolutely. a gap between there. I think stars used to be gettable for way— too little. The Knicks yeah. barely had to give up any future draft picks because they just traded their young guys at the yeah, time. Imagine Mello. if the yeah. Knicks could have called Mello, up Brooklyn. Right? Yeah, Mello, yeah, yeah, and they would have said, "Hey, Barrett, Toppin, McBride, and a pick. One first round pick, three second round picks. Enjoy." And the Nets were like, "All right, here's Kevin Durant." Like, yeah, that's how trades used to go. Yeah, I think now we're too far in the other direction. Yeah, so way too far. When you see a team like Denver. That's really built things up from the ground Love up. They have the a solid foundation. Built, yeah. And even when they were good, they kept making little moves. Monte Morris for KCP. Aaron Gordon. Get an Aaron trade. Gordon. Yeah. Drafting yeah. Christian Brown. Mm-hmm. Like they're maneuvering. I think Tim Connolly's doing a good job out there. Oh. And I think when no, he, you, he's the one in Minnesota. He's oh the bad one. God. He's the so, bad one. No, it's Calvin Booth. It's Calvin Booth's Booth. done a phenomenal yeah. job. That's yeah. bad for let me, me. Yeah, let me yeah, say that's bad for me. Let me say this about Denver Nuggets role players and about Christian Brown in particular. Yeah. To be the college nerd for two minutes, <laughs> he played at Kansas with Bill Self, yeah. who is, it, it, it's not close in my opinion, the best X's and O's execute this play coach in the country. Right now, he's, sure, I guess, he's Christian Brown is built for these type of situations. Really he knows player. how to move to and do all these into little things. He fits perfectly with Jokic. He fits with any team in the NBA. He can play for any, yes, exactly. Yeah. I said he's last ready year for he's the like, team. He's like a baby Grimes to me. I said, I, 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 the one, maybe like a Grady Dick senior. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, one <laughs> move, yeah, I see that. the one move that I thought was slightly puzzling. I thought the Warriors should have been all over Brown last year. That would have been a perfect one for them too. The one move to me that kind of, I said, what are they doing? Was when they booted Bones Highland away to L.A. But like it's charm. worked Bones out. Is not it is, a good player. And, no, no, well, Bones is a good player. Not in the NBA. Just, nah. Well, um, not yet. Not yet. Bo- not yet. Bones not yet. is a. Uh, I don't know, man. He he's not great. He, he's he's very skinny. Obviously. He's got to get he good either at rim pressure or defense. Yeah. One of those two One will those, open up yeah. a whole lot of other lanes. Well, for him, when but Bones was at VCU, yeah. the guy was ball hawking like a maniac, and now he's not well, doing it's that. NBA. I know it's different very athletes, different level, different class level. of athletes. Yeah, but he's just level. sort of gone away from that. But the point is, the Denver Nuggets—they just get all these little cheeky moves, right? There's the Aaron right. Gordon trade very well two years ago. Who did they even give up? Nothing. Like nothing. They I gave don't even nothing. Who they gave up? <laughs> they gave up garbage um, together. It, it was move. it was like the protected first round pick. That was, like, was like the crux of the deal. Well, worth you know? it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing to get Aaron Gordon, and he's been yeah. an amazing fit. Really, because Jokic player. can pass from literally anywhere on the floor. You add a lob threat. Mm-hmm. Christian Brown can move. Jamal Murray can move. KCP is a good set guy. You yep. got all these other dudes. MPJ can move. MPJ's never seen a shot he doesn't like. No, but see, that's the <laughs> that's one. what makes Denver so hard to guard is because the best passing players from a position. 
position you don't expect it from. Yeah. And all these guys move off the ball and they do all these other things. Murray Absolutely Murray is so a lead initiating guard yes. on a championship team. Yes. He, he doesn't fits. have to be. He doesn't have to. That's what's super cool. He fits so well with the It's a perfect fit. So listen. Yes. Talk about evaluating this fit. Is Denver a really good team? What do really good teams They're do? Very they take team. care of business. Yes. Mm-hmm. Will Denver play with their food tonight? There you they go, Doc Rivers. That's how you themselves. say it. Um, and, and, Funny. Yeah. Or will Denver close things out? Our other game, got a lot of stars on display. It's like the walk of fame over in the Northeast because we've got Boston and Philly tonight. And all those yep. stars we talked about earlier are going to be going toe-to-toe mm-hmm. on the hardwood. So with that action coming up with Knicks, Heat, Lakers, Warriors coming up tomorrow, we're going to wrap up this episode of Pick and Pod right here so we can get it out to you guys and you can listen to it ahead of these games Hopefully you're being entertained. played tonight. You will be entertained because it's the best analysis out there brought to you by Thomas Aiello, Tyler Hu, and yours truly, Chris Percyinen. For Pick and Pod, WFUV Sports' basketball podcast, it's a production of WFUV Sports, which is led by Bobby Chaffordini. Will Talent behind the boards, making sure everything sounds just all right. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week on Pick and Pod. Have a good one and enjoy the games.